Our stories may contain graphic or sensitive content that may be disturbing to some listeners. Listener discretion is advised. You wake on a hard, cold floor. So cold, it burns your skin. The air smells of sulfur and ash. Your head throbs. Your mouth is dry. You have no idea how you got here. Panic sets in. Fear becomes terror. What have you done? What brought you to this place? It doesn't matter because now you belong to the Grey Rooms. everybody, this is Graham Rowett, voice actor for The Grey Rooms, here to welcome you to a special episode of the show. As many of you may have heard via social media, due to unforeseen circumstances, we are pushing back the launch of Season 2 to January of 2020. Now, we promise you we'll be using every minute between now and then to craft the highest quality nightmares possible. And for those of you worried, wondering what will terrify you between now and then, never fear, or actually fear a whole lot, because we're going to continue to infect your podcast feed with special content, like this episode right here. Our wonderful patrons heard this next tale several months ago, and we're delighted to give it a wide release today. Lachlan Watts' Fix Me is a frightening tale of human versus machine, starring Sarah Ruth Thomas, Aaron Lillis, and myself, with music by J.M. Scherf and production by Jason Wilson. If you enjoy the story, please consider leaving us a review on iTunes. If you really like the story, take a look at our Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash the gray rooms. Anything you care to give will go a long way to keeping these gruesome wheels turning. Last but not least, thanks to everyone who nominated us for this year's Audioverse Awards. The Audioverse Awards were created to honor the greatest works of audio fiction, and that is what we are dedicated to create for you. We hope you'll visit audioverseawards.net this October to cast your vote. And now, Without further ado, let's, let's take a look, look into, into room, room 1792. Fix me. The door slammed shut behind the mechanic, plunging her into a darkness so complete it seemed to sap at her memories of light. Uh. 
The floor was hard and felt slightly warm against her bare feet. There was a smell in the air, like somebody had left a frying pan on the stove too long. Hello? Her voice echoed like the ceiling was too high. When she turned and tried the door, she found that it was flush with the wall and had no handle. Hello? Is there anybody? I hear you, another woman said, her sleep-thickened voice coming from a patch of floor a few yards away. I was trying to sleep. I'm sorry, I... Yeah, yeah, you don't know where you are, you don't know what's happening. She sighed. I've heard it before. At least I think I have. Who are you? The mechanic blinked, her eyes slowly adjusting. She shuffled towards the woman, reaching out blindly. What is this place? I'm sorry, I don't know. You don't know where you are. The woman said as she got to her feet. You don't know how you got here. You don't even remember your own name, do you? Of course I do! The mechanic frowned as she hit a mental speed bump. A stretch of blankness where her own identity should have been. I just... can't... quite... It's alright. The woman's voice softened with sympathy. I don't remember mine either. Something in the food. Makes you forget. The mechanic was squinting into the darkness, trying to take stock of her situation when a warped, warbling recording started to play. It was a jaunty tune, but the sound was so scratchy and worn it might have been recorded underwater, completely undercutting whatever innervating or uplifting effect it was supposed to have. No shit, the woman said. Here we go. What is it? The mechanic asked. Something about the tune put her on edge. It was like she'd heard it before, perhaps as the soundtrack to something terrible happening, and filed it away in her subconscious as a trigger for anxiety. How do we make it stop? The music cut off as abruptly as it had started. A voice that seemed to come from the walls around them said, Greetings! What a wonderful time we're having! It's my pleasure to announce that societal collapse is imminent. Aren't you lucky you're in here with me? The mechanic blinked again. She could finally make out some of their surroundings. The room they were in was as large as she'd guessed, the walls and ceiling made of a dull gray metal. A few dim lights shone down on them from far above. These were flickering unreliably, and she wouldn't count on them shining much longer. She could make out tiny pinpricks of light on one of the far walls, twinkling like precious gems in the gloom. A few were green, but the rest were blinking red. What is this? She asked. Quiet, the other woman hissed. This might be important. I bring additional reasons to be thankful, the voice in the wall continued. It had the distant friendliness of a game show host or automated announcement. A little bird told me that the first confirmed cases of cannibalism have started appearing in the world outside. It won't be long now. There was a loud click and the audio cut out for a moment. The lights flickered. You are safe, the voice said. All your needs are taken care of. Remember, many hands make light work. So let's start achieving some real results. There was a sound like a tape being rewound. Then everything went quiet. The mechanic took a deep breath and looked over at the other woman, 
studying her as best she could in the meager light. She was thin, sad-looking, in a pair of gray overalls identical to what the mechanic suddenly realized she herself was wearing. Her hair was greasy and her eyes were red, as if she hadn't got enough sleep. The mechanic was almost entirely sure she'd never seen her before. What's happening? She asked the woman, her voice trembling as she tried to keep her emotions in check. What was that voice talking about? Cannibalism? What results? I don't know, the other woman said as she folded her arms. I keep hoping, but nothing they've been saying makes much sense. I just... It's something in the food, the woman said again as she pointed at one of the corners of the room. There was a receptacle from which a gray slurry had poured. It was congealing on the floor. I haven't eaten for three days, and I'm only just starting to think clearly. Anything before that is a blur. What do you remember? The mechanic shook her head, as if to clear the fog that had filled her mind. I don't think I remember anything, she said slowly. The woman looked at her through narrowed eyes. Nothing at all? Maybe something? Uh, maybe not. The mechanic shook her head. What are those lights? She asked, pointing at the far wall. I think it might be something to do with the work the voice was talking about. The woman frowned as she looked at the mechanic. Hey, are you alright? There's only one bedroll, but if you need to lie down... I the mechanic brought her hand up. I'm fine. I just need to figure out what's happening and how I can get out of here. The woman laughed humorlessly. <laughs> Good luck with that. I think you know as much as I do now. She sighed, and again, <sighs> that note of sympathy was present in her voice when she spoke next. <sighs> There's some tools over by those lights, most of them in pretty good condition. Measuring instruments, too. And then there's these big cylinders coming out of the wall. They look like they're important, but I don't understand what they're supposed to do. A pair of large tubes rose up from the floor. The lighting was too dim to properly see, but the mechanic thought they met the ceiling above. Access panels were dotted all over the cylinders, a few of them swinging open. The lights she'd noticed were blinking from inside these compartments. The smell of ozone was a lot stronger here. This stuff looks broken, the mechanic said, wrinkling her nose as she took a closer look. And I can smell cooking tin. It's fried. Yeah, the other woman said. All those red blinking lights are a dead giveaway. I've tried what I can, I just can't. Yeah, you said there were tools? I did, the woman said, a note of suspicion in her voice. Do you recognize this stuff? No. The mechanic shook her head, again trying to dislodge the blankness that had taken root between her ears. I mean, I'm not sure. For just a second, her ears pricked up. Can you hear that? Can I hear what? The mechanic closed her eyes. She concentrated. Whatever it was, if it had been anything at all, it had passed. She sighed. Can you pass me a flathead screwdriver? The woman knelt, sorting through a selection of tools laid against the wall. Here you go, she said, passing one to the mechanic. 
I hope you know what you're doing. The mechanic stood on the tips of her toes, peering into the compartment. One of the wires looked to have burnt out and would need replacing. Another component had come unscrewed at the very back of the compartment. She used the screwdriver to fasten it in place, frowning in concentration. There's a connection here, the mechanic said. If I can just get this plugged in, maybe you shouldn't... <laughs> they both jumped as the same worn tape loop of music they'd heard earlier began to play. The mechanic stumbled and dropped the screwdriver. The other woman was hugging herself, as if awaiting punishment. It's been dark outside for an awfully long time, the voice in the wall said. We'd love to find out why that is, which is why we're announcing generous incentives to encourage your efforts. There was a loud crackling sound. When the voice spoke again, it was much deeper, less animated. Amputation, exsanguination, immolation, decapitation, strangulation. After rattling off this list, the voice switched back. Doesn't that sound like fun? Remember, fewer hands will make your workload much heavier. Shit, the mechanic said after a moment. That was extremely disconcerting. The woman laughed, <laughs> but sounded no less defeated than she had before. They make weird threats like that from time to time, she said. I don't think they can do anything. So you're just going to ignore it? The woman shrugged. Not much else to do. She frowned as the mechanic stooped to pick up the screwdriver. Hey, what are you doing? You're honestly going to keep trying to fix this? Like you just said, there's not much else to do. I don't think that door is opening again anytime soon. She pointed at the cylinder. How long did it take you to get those lights to turn green? I don't know how long I've been here. I don't know if I've fixed anything yet. The lights that are green might have been that way when I was dumped here. Sometimes I think I'm making progress. I find something that looks broken and I replace it. I find something that's not plugged in and I try to find what it connects to. It feels right, but I might just have been here so long that I'm imagining things. I even think there was somebody else here with me for a little while. Maybe just a few days ago. When I try to remember their face, it just fades and- Quiet, hissed the mechanic. Are you sure you don't hear that? They stood in silence a moment. Nothing but the same low hum. When the mechanic turned to say something to the other woman, she found that she was already looking intently at her. What is it? Do I know you? The woman asked. Do we know each other? How would we know each other? Did we work together? You know how to use your hands. I was an engineer, I think. I remember a big, modern building. I had my own office. She leaned back against the wall, brow furrowed in concentration. The foyer was all glass and steel, and there was... There was a big sculpture in the center of it, the mechanic said slowly. An abstract. Black steel. The engineer looked at her intently. What else do you remember? She asked with quiet urgency. Think. Think hard. 
I'm trying. The mechanic closed her eyes, feeling for some kind of connection. There was definitely something there, however elusive. It wasn't a sculpture, she said. It was... Machinery. I remember drawing designs for machinery. The mechanic pointed at the cylinder. Like this? No, bigger. But I think I worked with people who made smaller components. It was all analog, something about surviving an EMP. I think maybe... Quiet! This time, there was no mistaking it. There was a rhythmic tapping coming from the wall. They both listened in silence. Do you know what it means? The engineer asked quietly. It's code. The same word, again and again. Stop. Stop what? I... I don't know. Can you ask them? I can try. The mechanic knelt, sorting through the tools until she found what she needed. Hoisting the hammer, she banged her own message against the wall, repeating the pattern twice. There was a minute's silence before the faint tapping started again. Oh no, the mechanic said. What? What does it say? It says... Let them kill you. The tapping stopped abruptly, right in the middle of a word. Cheerful music filled the room, the same warped and wobbly tape that had played earlier. It only lasted a few seconds, but the sheer volume of it seemed to erase what had come before. We all have our distinct roles to play, the voice in the wall said. And a big part of that is staying out of the way of others. So be respectful, steer clear of distractions, and fucking fix me! The voice took on a grating quality, sounding like nothing that could be produced by human vocal cords. Fix me! Fix me! Fix! The sound cut out for a moment, then the music slowly spanned back up. Without saying anything or even exchanging a glance, the two women reached out for each other clasping their hands together tightly. It's important that you stay useful, the voice said, once again drenched in the bland sweetness of a cruise ship attendant. So please, remember to eat! There was a grinding, gurgling sound as something poured out of the receptacle in the wall. It was more of the congealed gray sludge that apparently passed for food. Despite what she just heard, despite the food looking unappealing in the extreme, the mechanic's stomach rumbled. When she'd last eaten was just as big a mystery as everything else about her existence. Don't touch it, the engineer said. Remember, that's how they make you forget. What has it made us forget? The mechanic turned to the cylinder, pulling open one of the other compartments. A tangle of wires spilled forth like the guts of a sacrificial lamb. We remember how to work because our skills are needed. If threats and imprisonment alone are enough to get us to do what they want, if they need to wipe our minds, 
What are they trying to make us do? The engineer's eyes gleamed and, for the first time since the mechanic had met her, she actually looked alive. You're right. The thing in the foyer wasn't a sculpture, it was a prototype. Eight pneumatic legs, an armored carapace, space inside for a crew of ten. That can't be what we're inside of. You could fit ten people in this room alone. No, that was just the first model. The next was larger, with space for an expanded crew. A decade's supplies, and dozens of prisoners. I designed these things to wander for decades after the bombs fell, or the food ran out, or the plague swept us away like sandcastles on the beach. Pick your apocalypse. The engineer took a deep breath. Driving it all is an analog brain made of magnetic tape, copper wire, and vacuum tubes. And that's the voice we've been hearing? It doesn't care about our pain, our lives, our futures. We're the playthings of an amoral machine driven by nothing but the need to survive. Yeah, the mechanic sneered. An amoral machine that you built. Hey, you're in here too. You must have had something to do with it. Installing the poison gas dispensers, maybe? Loading the machine guns or flamethrowers? The last word touched on something. The mechanic's nose filled with the chemical stench of burning plastic. She could see shapes dancing in frantic agony as they shriveled and turned black. Tears spilled from the corners of her eyes. We're not moving, she said quietly. The engineer scowled. What? You said this thing was built to wander the wastelands. It's broken. We're not moving. It's beached itself somewhere like a dead crab. She took a deep breath. We can stop it ever moving again. The engineer nodded. Let's do this. The mechanic scooped up a hefty looking crowbar. They turned to the cylinder. We can start at the bottom, she told the engineer. Smash everything, then go back through and snip every wire. It won't... There was a deafening, screeching sound. The engineer exploded. Her body was torn in two by the long steel arm that shot from the wall, piercing her collarbone and exiting through her ribcage, dragging her internal organs in its wake. There was a wet crunching sound as the arm retracted, and what was left of the engineer spilled onto the floor. The tape started playing, hissing and warbling like it was almost worn through. The mechanic stumbled back, the other woman's blood warm on her face. The unrecognizable music stopped as abruptly as it had started, and then the voice in the wall asked, Are repairs complete? The mechanic looked at her hands, then glanced around frantically. Everything was covered in gore. The lights in the cylinder still blinked red, and the jumble of exposed wires looked like an exploded circulatory system. No. I need... Lights blinked. Place your hand in the hole, the voice said. There was a creaking sound as a panel opened in the wall. You can't! There was a loud click. Place your hand in the hole, the voice said again. Trembling, she slid her hand into the hole. Something sharp and cold bit into her bony wrist, then yanked her in up to her shoulder. Uh. 
The top half of the engineer's corpse had come to rest by her feet. The woman's dead gray eyes stared into space, unblinking. I can't fix you! We have provided food and shelter. We have provided adequate incentive and encouragement. I don't know how! A new approach occurred to her. I could find help! There must be people out there who still know how to put you back together! There is nobody left. We recommend you remain still during the procedure. She blubbered and tried to wrench her arm free. There's no reason to do this! We calculate that you will still be able to complete your task operating at 75% capability. Wait! We have amended the calendar accordingly. We recommend you remain still. She screamed. From behind the wall came a whirring sound. Ah! 